0: increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their
1: insights. This is STRonomics. The podcast is brought to you by MarketMySTR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with MarketMySTR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, MarketMySTR has got you covered. Elevate your short term rental business with Mark and My STR.
2: Hey, welcome to STR Anomics. I'm Bill Faith, your host, joined by Kenny Bedwell from STR Insights, the number one data guy in the short term rental industry and the wearer of crazy shirts. How are you today, Kenny?
0: I'm great. People love my shirts, Bill.
2: I know they do. I mean, I I, I told you before we
0: recorded the last episode, I almost bought you one when I was down in the Bahamas. (laughs) It
2: was just a little bit out of
0: my price range, buddy. All good. All good. I know they're, 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 they're fancy for a lot of people. So I get it.
2: (laughs) Right. So right before we started here, you said you want to talk about what goes into a super property. I'm the creator of super property. So I'm going to let you start and then I will just kind of fill in on the back end so I don't dominate.
0: Okay. Well at least for
2: 30 seconds.
0: Yeah, at least for 30 seconds. There we go. Uh super properties. I mean, first off, they're gonna depend on the market, you know? Like being having a a super property is gonna be based off what the market demands and what's currently in the market. When I take a look at the smokies, for example, I was having a conversation with someone the other day. They're like, okay, what how can I compete with everybody who has like the indoor pools and, you know, the the amazing views and all these other things. It's like, those are like super properties in other markets already. And now we're, we're down to like, okay, what do you do in this market? So it's going to really depend on your market and you know, what the current demand or what the current buyer persona is. Um, I talked about this a little or. earlier, earlier podcast about the four keys of finding with the you know we want to make sure that we're targeting our guest avatar buyer persona and what they want and what they would want for a property and so a super property i guess to give a definition bill we sh- do you want to give that or do you want me to give that because i mean you're the one uh, who- yeah, you, you, I, you coined the term so go ahead a super
2: property is redefining luxury first and foremost and i use the term redefining luxury kind of to piggyback on what you said the first the number one thing that goes into it is finding the market that you want to invest into to build a super property which is so really it has to do with mindset it's a different mindset than somebody that's looking for the best deal in -hmm. the highest recommended market on social media i go the opposite fucking direction of that every single time and you know i'm in the process right now of trying to close, I'm under contract on a super property, that Kenny thought I was fucking crazy to spend $950,000 on a two-bedroom with a loft, two-bathroom condo um, yeah. in Coram, Montana. But And I, I can't say that it will work, but I am supremely confident that it will work at this point. The number one reason being is there is nothing like this in the market. And number two, there is demand in the market. So if you can identify those two things and you go into a market that is not Gatlinburg, hence why I went into, I I did all the Gatlinburg stuff essentially in Banner Elk, North Carolina, before there was only one property. You remember that property, Kenny, that we could find in Banner Elk that had the 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 Gatlinburg stuff, the game room and hot tubs and all the other crap. And I went in and did that in Banner Elk and it gave me a, a, a huge competitive advantage for the better part of four to six months. But now all you guys have come in behind me, you know, and did the same thing. And there's a hey, bunch of the
0: properties. So I didn't tell anybody Banner Elk. I told you Banner Elk. You told everybody else Banner Elk. So yeah,
2: No, I know a hundred percent. So I, the definition of a super property is building something that's going to stand out. That's going to, you know, generate higher revenue than air DNA STR insights will ever predict that it's going to be able to do. But there's factors that go into it. As Kenny said, it's market choice, it's sub market choice, and then it's property base. And the number one thing that I will tell you is we are never buying a market. We are never buying a sub market. We are always investing into a property. And if one of the mistakes of people buying markets is why people have gotten in way too late in the Gatlinburg, way too late in the Gulf Shores, way too late in the and then they buy an average or a good property and it doesn't stand out. So it kind of goes back to the very first beach house that I bought. And I didn't know what I was doing at that time, but I bought something that was non-traditional beach house, but it had tremendous views, tremendous location. And then I started putting in golf carts. I started putting in stand-up paddleboards. I started putting in kayaks and, and doing the stuff that I wanted as a discerning traveler. But what I learned is just being that guest in going down to 30 a and seeing that the bikes and all that type of stuff that wasn't happening in Fort Morgan, Alabama, you know, at that point. So that helped me start to elevate and build. And I bought a house that was, it was a residence and it was like, it was old school. It was Tommy Bahama designed, but it was different. It was nice. It had a mega, like almost a 280 square foot bathroom and, a soaking tub and a sauna and all this type of stuff that was different than the traditional house. So if you follow me, you know that I do things differently than, than the norm. That's really the big thing. So I went to Gulf Shores, really Fort Morgan. So Fort Morgan, if you're not familiar with it, is a submarket of the Gulf Shores market Norange Orange Beach market. I went to that market because I didn't want to invest in 38 One, I couldn't afford it at that point. But then I took those concepts to start really building my first super property in a submarket of the submarket. That's the key point. So when Kenny talks about finding a market, it's just like in Quorum, Montana. There is no luxury property anywhere in Hungry Horse, in Quorum, in West Glacier. You have to go back into Whitefish, Montana, which is not even the same market. Everybody thinks that entire market is whitefish, but when you learn and you understand the sub markets, nobody from Whitefish, you're, nobody is going to stay in North Corm, essentially the entrance to Glacier National Park, and then drive the 45 minutes through Columbia Falls, through Whitefish to go up skiing on Whitefish Mountain in the winter, right? They are there for one thing and one thing only, and that is Glacier National Park. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand the markets, the sub markets, and the flow of where people want to go and they want to stay for what activities. And then you define your ideal buyer before you even put a property under contract. And you need to, and I, I just did a reel on this. I actually, I did a podcast on this, Kenny, a few weeks ago, I guess, is you have to have a master plan. That's really the, the difference for me is I build out a plan before I purchase a property and it's documented. It's, Who my buyers going to be? Where am I going to? How am I going to market to them? What's my advertising budget going to be? All this stuff that goes into my performa from a financial standpoint, but the design elements. What restaurants am I going to recommend? I'm looking at the whole thing to where I can create this whole concierge level of service that most people don't look at, and that's going to help me decide what amenities I'm going to put into this property. So I've got this condo as an example. It's I want to reiterate, it's a two bedroom two bath condo with a single car garage, it will be a super property. It doesn't have to be a $4 million mansion with 10 bedrooms and 18 acres and all that type of stuff. But there's one decision that has not been made yet. And I'm in the contract to close phase. We don't know, we haven't decided what we're going to do with that single car garage. And the only reason that is, is because we It's so new of a development, the owners have not been able to tell us what the parking situation is going to be. So I may only have one car go in the garage and then one car straight behind it. If that's the case, I really can't do anything with that garage, right? So understanding how the utilization of space for your guests is going to be a really important part of this. There's two spots off to the side of where ours is. If I can have my guests park in that, then I'm going to convert the garage into game room or you know, activity room or whatever it's going to be. So that whole vision happens before going under contract and then that whole contract to close, because I still do have time to back out. That's one reason why every single property, Kenny, I put under contract. I always have an out on financing, even after the due diligence part, even the properties, the handful that I paid cash for, I tell them I'm financing and I always have that as a contingency because if I can't figure this out right now, then that may or may or may not break the deal. If that makes sense, because I have to check that box in my master plan.
0: So I think it's also important for other listeners out there, maybe like myself, we're like, okay, well I'm not planning on buying a million dollar property or, you know, I don't have all these funds to invest, you know, into making a super property off the bat. And so I believe that if you buy in the right location and you buy the right property, we talked about this in an earlier podcast, in the right location, you can add attributes in phases, you know, like a normal construction project you know, or like a large one. Phase one, do this, phase two. So for example, my Watkins Glen property, I am doing that, okay? <laughs> like I am creating uh, artificial you know, super property and raising the bar every time people try to meet me at that level. But I'm not just like shooting five steps ahead. I could, but I believe I can take the, the money that I'm generating right now and, and put that and deploy it into other investments and maximize it in other ways. But every year I have like another phase. So phase one, like this year was, you know, like do like, uh, we have a 1200 square foot deck that we had to like completely redo, super expensive, like all everything. So like do that, put the hot tub in, like made the outdoor, like outside area a lot nicer. Like it was like phase one, that phase after the first year, phase two, we're doing a theater room. So we've got, we already kind of have like a little theater game room. We're gonna completely redo it. Okay. And make it look really, really nice. And like the best thing you've ever seen. And then phase three, we're going to update like the upstairs. There's all these bathrooms. We're going to like turn, you know, ones, make them bigger, do all these different things. And like, we're adding these phases in because one, I don't want to spend, out the gate, (laughs) $100,000 on a lot of these like things all at the same time. And two, I don't really think I need to in my marketing. Well,
2: that's, you're, you're doing that because you have a master plan, right? That's, that's the point of the master plan, right? So there's, there's no question that the, the location and the surrounding competitor analysis is one of the biggest components that goes into finding the right place to build a super property. I have done it. most of the time, the way that you you're going about it, I just happen to be in a position today that I wasn't in when I first started investing in the short-term rentals to be able to do it. So I, I mean, I remember exactly what you're talking about, Kenny, with my Bella Vista property, that first beach house. First thing I did was buy some stand-up paddleboards. Second thing uh, that I did is I bought four bikes from Walmart. So now I had four bikes and two stand-up paddleboards, and nobody had that. And then. I think it was a year and a half afterwards. I bought a fifty five hundred dollar. You could get a brand new golf cart for fifty five hundred bucks back then, like with lifted right. wheels and all that stuff. It was like 10 grand, 12 grand today. I bought a golf cart from Gulf Coast golf carts or something in Mississippi. And then I built a thing under my house, a garage essentially, you know, for the sups, the kayaks, the bikes, you know, the the golf cart, all that stuff. It's the small things that can make the difference. It's like if you already have a deck and you have a hot tub and it looks plain Jane, literally go to Home Depot and buy some eight foot, you know, four by fours and put them around the hot tub or whatever and go to Costco and string up some string lights, you know, to give it that little bit of pop, right? It's taking your, your, the one thing that I see in properties, Kenny, all the time are bare walls. I see shitty bedding, like upgrade your bedding at $100 a bed. If you have a four bedroom, it's $400. Bucks. And then go to Wall Sauce, go to one of these you know, wallpaper mural places and get a $600 or $800 mural and put it up behind the bed and tie it into the theme of the house and make it look nice. These small things that can make things stand out. Does one thing turn your property into a super property? No, but then if you stack on you know, a hundred and, f- well, probably two hundred and fifty, three hundred $250, 300 small investment into a coffee bar. Right. And if you just, if it's about value stacking, that's really what a super property is. And a super property is not just buying the most expensive, luxurious house. It's buying the be- best location in typically a market that doesn't have super properties. It's why some of those properties, like in hot Springs, Arkansas, you know, that, that John has showed us that absolutely annihilate the numbers that blow both yours and my mind but nothing exists there besides that. Right. Right. So, but it, it's continuing to stack value. That's really the the key. You don't do one or two things. It's not just murals. It's not just coffee bar. It's not high-end linens. It's any of that type of stuff. You can do all of this stuff. My, my wife prides herself on doing, you know, Nordstrom, not Nordstrom, restoration hardware level design on a home goods budget. So like Kenny, we average eight pillows per bed, eight pillows per bed. All of them are bought at home goods. Like we're never ordering high-end pillows, right? And there's and we always use king size pillows. Even on twin beds for kids, king size pillow goes on to a twin bed. And that gives me marketing cachet. That gives that puts another bullet in my chamber about high-end bedding. It looks great in photos, right? We use white everywhere. Every single property that we have, whether it's co-hosted or owned every duvet, bedspread, coverlet, whatever you're using, triple sheet, it's all white. And then there's white with accent European pillows on it. And there's, you know, throw blankets that have color that tie into the design, cheap stuff, you know, that you can do go buy a $49, you know, Keurig, Mr. Not a Keurig, a Mr. Coffee, like K cup and a couple of other things, a frother whatever, spend less than a hundred bucks and put it literally on the credenza next to the TV or someplace in your master suite and in your marketing and your listing, let your guests know that you have a coffee bar in the fucking master suite and take a photo of it. Nobody does that. I've got it in every one of my master suites. So I have two coffee bars. If I have multiple on suites with King beds in it, I'll spend that extra hundred bucks to put multiple coffee bars in there. That's the shit that nobody does. And that's what creates super properties. It's not about just about a pool or a hot tub. This is what I'm talking about in redefining luxury. You can take a $400,000 property and you can turn that into a super property as well. It doesn't have to be a $950,000 condo.
0: And I want to add here too, everything that you're talking about, is going like going back to the master plan thing, but it's strategic in a sense that it has a positive ROI. So we don't just go and spend $100,000 to spend $100,000 to make a property look nice. We spend it, it's very strategic. And I keep telling people that, you know, there's diminishing returns on adding things to your property. So if you add every single thing to your property, like that's not, it doesn't make sense at a certain point. So you've really got to judge and if you're strategic about it, like you said, the master suite coffee bar, you know, and you actually plan to market that, there's an ROI that will be given for that strategy, you know, obviously very small, but it was also only a hundred dollar investment. So, but you've got to think about that. If you just throw that in there and there's no pictures of it, do you really expect a high ROI from that? Probably not. And that goes to you know the murals and you know adding larger items into the property amenities and and design to furnishing budgets. Like, be strategic on what you do. A good uh, a, a good friend of ours is looking at his property in um, Asheville, and the design budget's one hundred fifty thousand. I'm like, dude, what are you what are you getting in that property that's warrants one hundred fifty thousand? He's like, well, we're doing some murals, we're doing some other things. So I was like, that's great, but there's other properties in that market with murals, like what are you going to do to differentiate? And he's like, well, we're either in this space here. We're either going to do a game room or we can put in one of those like mod pools, which are like those container pool things. Uh, You know, Mike uh, from Mastermind has one of those. So, uh, and I'm like, dude, the mod pool is going to be so much more beneficial than like, sure, a game room is important, but like put that in a corner in a bedroom somewhere. Like just the mod pool is like at the same budget price. if If that's what you're telling me, that's going to make you more than just a simple game room that everybody already has. So it's just like be strategic and remember the ROI when you're looking at building a super property in your master plan.
2: One of the very first videos I did was about how, about calculating that ROI like three years ago when I started doing this. I don't know if you remember when I built my outdoor fireplace at my first lake house, like right on the water. And, but I'd done the research and nobody had that. I'm going to flip back to my Montana house, my river, uh, riverfront property cabin that I have. I spent probably 22 to $23,000 adding on to my deck and then dropping in a hot tub. And then literally, uh, next week, my barrel sauna goes up next to my hot tub. I don't need that there. I didn't need those. I didn't need to spend that amount of money to turn that property into a super property. All we needed to do was update the interior and we did do a remodel in the master bathroom that I probably didn't need either, which was like 18,000 bucks. So literally I've spent close to $40,000 on this property that was not needed. That was an investment for me and my wife from a personal asset standpoint, because that will be the property that we spend the most time uh, in retirement. And probably now, even before we retire, we'll fly there more than we probably drive down to our lake house for vacations because we love it so much and we can't afford it today. I couldn't afford it when I first started doing this. And I will not see a return on investment on that $40,000 most likely because I was already going to be at the top of the price point that I can max max out uh, with a three bedroom, two bath uh, property. The value proposition on that property is the proximity to the river, what you can do in the river, the views, everything that's there. You can't replace that. It's not like it's 30 feet above the water and you go down a, a cliff and you can't fish and all those things. So I just want you to understand, and, those, that, and that's one of the problems, Kenny, that people see what everybody else is doing on social and they, they don't understand why it's being done you know, behind the scenes. And most people don't have a why or haven't done the research or don't understand what the ROI uh, is going to be. I probably, if I was just going to do a hot tub from an investment standpoint, I would have bought a $10,000 hot tub and put it on the existing deck, right? I wouldn't have expanded the deck. I wouldn't have done all that other stuff. So calculating that ROI, doing that research ahead of time, and then maximizing your budget, I could have taken that $40,000 and allocated that to another purchase and got a better return on investment than that. So I just want to be clear to kind of corroborate what Kenny was stating. You have to have a why you need to do the research and you need to have financial justification of those investments. Cool. Kenny gave you the head nod. That means we're done.
0: We're done. We hit awesome. that. So
2: hopefully that gives you some more clarity on, on a super property. Anybody can do it. It's just redefining luxury, building a master plan, uh, stacking value for a specific buyer persona. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day. Happy hosting. We'll see you next week on STRonomics.
0: Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today.